From Optimized Health, this is the True Health Podcast, where we unlearn diet culture and personalize our health one tip and story at a time. My guest today is Jessica Salazar, a close personal friend of mine with a transformation story worth sharing. Jess grew up in Salt Lake City in an extremely conservative, evangelical Christian environment and was raised to believe that very traditional roles, especially regarding gender, sexuality, relationships, and parenting, were the only option for her. In her late 20s into her early 30s, when her body started telling her something was not right, she began a very long process of unlearning the theology and rigid expectations that she had grown up with in an effort to find a more authentic, whole version of herself. Today, Jess finds herself on an ongoing journey to truly live a brave and shame-free life and hopes to inspire others to be themselves, no matter the cost. Before we jump in, I want to say that in the wellness world, the word transformation usually equates to a before and after weight loss photo. But what I would love everybody today to do, regardless of your personal views on any topic we discuss, is simply to broaden and reimagine what the word transformation means to you and be open to digging into the often ignored, overlooked, clunky, challenging, and brutal process of becoming your true self. And with that, let's welcome my close friend, Jess. What's up, Jess? Hi, Ethan. How did I do with the intro? How are you feeling? Um, you did great. I'm feeling good. Good. I Nervous, am... but good. Good. Nervous, but good is fine. I'm excited we're doing this. Um, to start, I think it's worth noting how this came together, how we even got to doing this. So... I'll share a quick story of that, which okay. is um, our mutual friend held a sort of end of the year gathering. Uh, Maya held this end of year mm -hmm. gathering and we were all kind of part of the party or events. I don't know if party is the right word for it, um, <laughs> was kind of lots of journaling and sharing things that we wanted to take with us into the new year, goals we had. Um, which also uh, gives a glimpse into what holiday parties in the Bay Area are like. Lots of, um, <laughs> yeah. lots of journaling and sharing. But um, anyway. Crying, laughing. Yeah, crying, laughing, sharing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> reflection, very festive. And part of what you had shared was kind of an ask around being held accountable from your friends to kind of be your most vulnerable true self. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where this came from was reaching out being like hey you know it would be a perfect example of doing that would be talking about everything on the podcast so yeah, i did ask yes. for that didn't i <laughs> you started this whole thing um yeah. but anyway it's it's special and i'm thrilled we're doing it and um i guess where shall we begin so why don't you start by sharing a little of just you know i shared a bit in the intro but wherever you want to go with it, kind of background, origin story. Um, yeah, all of it. Okay. Um, so especially around the concept of transformation, I think I've undergone a lot of different transformations in my life, but certainly the biggest one feels like being raised in a really, really religious environment and not like 
casually, but like every aspect of my life was um, kind of informed by those religious teachings. And I was the type of kid to want to please and want to do the right thing. And so I really, really soaked it all in. And um, particularly around like sexuality and shame around my body and who I am in the world. Um, those concepts really stuck close with me. Um, whereas some of the things I learned in religion, I feel like um, maybe never felt totally whole or, you know, were easier for me to let go of. But um, kind of going from somebody who felt a ton of shame around just who I am and um, uh, kind of how I want to live in the world to being somebody who's like, this is who I am. And I feel great about that is probably the biggest element of my transformation story. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's exciting to talk about. When you look back at it, when you talk about that the pieces that stuck with you most, or it sounds like were maybe most deeply um, ingrained or affecting your view of yourself being around your body and um, sexuality and some of those elements relating to it. Do you have any sense now, like where, why did those things stick out most? And what are examples, like when you were younger, maybe to paint a picture for people listening Mm -hmm. um, who might have an image of what evangelical Christian life looks mm -hmm. so, like that could be maybe a bit of a broad scope or maybe it's yeah. different in different places and different communities like just walk through like a day in the life or just paint more of a picture of like how much it was impacting your life maybe okay so the broad like cultural context is something called purity culture, which of course, growing up in it, I wouldn't have known that term or what that meant. Um, but it's really this concept that like, there's a biblical teaching to um, save yourself for marriage, meaning specifically around sex, but that really permeated into teachings about yourself as a human being so like I was really taught in a pretty overt way not to pay attention to my body or like listen to my body because I was supposed to only care about what God would want and what God wanted for me was very straightforward like to live by certain rules certain ways you know be around certain people involved in certain activities so if my inner intuition was, you know, suggesting anything else, it was just, I was taught to just ignore that and do, do believe, participate in whatever was laid out in front of me. So um, this was particularly wild, really looking back as like an adolescent and a teenager, because what I know now is like, this is the time in life for kids to start to explore and get to know themselves and, um, you know, try new things, try on different parts of themselves. But my experience was really like, 
here's the rules, here's the parameters, this is what you can and can't do. And um, I followed those to a T. So like, I really didn't date or, you know, a lot of like, really normal teenage activities were just not even on my radar. Mm. Um, I was in like church activities and programs all the time, like almost every day. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a lot of rules, a lot of uh, can and can'ts is kind of the day in the life picture. Yeah. And also it sounds like between the teachings and probably lots of the activities or classes or extracurricular things going on almost like a shield against maybe what the rest of society was doing or other kids your age were doing sort of a lack of information or awareness or exposure to a lot of that also totally and like a a view that like anything else going on outside of this community where I was being raised was actually really bad, really scary and could only ever hurt me, you know, or um, land me in hell actually, if I, you know, participated in or got to know people that were different than me. So that was also really scary and like created a, I mean, during adolescence, our brains are still forming. And I think I was very fearful when I was growing up of a lot of terrible things that could happen to me. And that really shaped the way I went around in the world, like scared and unsure and not confident, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. So that paints the picture. Mm -hmm. Then you talk about, and I mentioned it in the intro, but this period of time, late 20s, early 30s, something starts to shift. And it sounds like maybe that internal conflict between what you were taught and what you were feeling was becoming so noticeable that it had to be addressed. What was going on at that point? And tell us more about that. Okay. So the first thing I would say is um, my husband and I, who we met in high school and we got married super young been together ever since. He's awesome. Um, We adopted our two daughters um, and our oldest was four when she came to live with us. And we were still very much involved in religious community and taking the girls to church and things. And she started to ask some really direct questions about what she was hearing and being taught and told, um, particularly around like heaven and hell concepts. Mm. And those conversations with her like shook me. I, I was for the, really for the first time in my life, having a really hard time grappling with um, what I believed personally and what had just been told to me. And I was having a really hard time telling my daughter some of the really intense things that I had been taught as a little person, including like that you might go to this terrible place and burn there forever if you mess up or do these certain things. Mm. And it was quite obvious to me. I was never going to be able to say that to her. 
Um, so even though I would have still considered myself a Christian, I really started to look at what is going on here? What do I want for my kids? And how do I want them to grow up? So I think that was definitely the first look, um, first reflections. And then around the time I turned 30, I started to just have an inexplicable amount of anxiety and like physical pain going on in my body. Like I felt like I was sick all the time. I felt incredibly nauseous all the time and, you know, was trying a lot of different things. I had tests done. I was seeing different types of doctors and practitioners and things and nothing apparently was wrong. So I ended up going to some therapy and just trying to work through this like anxiety that I didn't even know exactly what I was anxious about um, and just started to peel back one layer after another, realizing, you know, maybe this, this role that I have fit doesn't fit anymore. Um, and a big, big piece of that for me was instantly like starting to uncover shame that I had around sexuality, just in general and body image stuff, which pretty quickly led me to the massive, like, what the hell is happening? Aha realization that I'm not straight. So that was so super exciting. I was quite shook, but really so excited. Like I had the experience of not I mean, I have wonderful supports in my family. My husband has supported every minute of my journey. So I'm really lucky to not have felt like a devastation or a fear in that way. Just a a major excitement around like understanding this part of myself that, you know, I had been raised in an environment where anything other than straight uh monogamous you know heterosexual relationships were just absolutely off limits and not even thought of so it was very exciting to me to learn about this part of myself that had been like deeply deeply repressed Mm. um yeah that's beautiful that's amazing and 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 when you look back so what's so interesting so you said a couple things Mm -hmm. um i mean you said lots of things that i've (laughs) but but to highlight one so a big trigger or um domino effect like a a part that started all this was around um being a parent and realizing Mm -hmm. oh am i supposed to tell my child these things that i don't fully believe in or i don't think i believe in at all or i definitely Mm -hmm. don't believe it like that seems to be something that cracked it open um yeah and then a second piece when you're talking about noticing a lot of the shame around your body and then connecting that to the sickness you were feeling like what Mm -hmm. essentially was feeling like illness was actually maybe you not feeling in integrity with yourself in your life and I think that's 
so fascinating because that's something people are beginning to talk more about and you're hearing more about in books and Gabor Mate yeah. talks about it, who I adore and all yeah. of that stuff. But it's like this real connection between, um, you know, I think the generic word for it is stress, but on a deeper level, this like living in alignment with yourself or not and how mm -hmm. that shows up physically in your body which yeah. you are experiencing. I think a lot of people might hear that and be like, that's not a thing. Those are separate yeah. things. So just to touch on that piece, tell mm -hmm. like, did you find that you started to feel better soon after this? Did you like, what was that process like of realizing, oh, I'm going to doctors, but there's no pill that can change this. It's a matter of my entire approach to my life. Yeah. So I would say it was definitely a process and is, you know, still a bit of a journey because it doesn't just like fully shake off. I think that's one of the most interesting things I find about the body and how our body like holds experiences because a lot of what I learned and how I grew up to perceive myself, even once I knew, okay, that's not me anymore. I'm not aligned with that. This is who I am becoming. This is who I am now. I still can feel similar sensations in my body that can be triggering, you know, and then learn the process of learning how to cope and how to manage um, anxiety and stress has been incredibly transformative. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, to that point, this to me is one of the most fascinating things of transformation in general mm -hmm. that word which i like love and think a lot about in my life mm -hmm. every day but like i mentioned earlier like you see a before and after photo of somebody and i am talking about like traditional wellness culture stuff mm -hmm. where that you think of as transformation like for me right oh ethan lost 130 pounds that's a jarring before and after photo that's incredible what people yeah. do not see in that process is that this is like every ounce of your being is affected every day through that process for many years. Yeah. And it's almost like people miss that nuance and the parts that are really hard. And they just kind of go, it's very easy to look at a photo or to hear a story and go, oh yeah, left religion, found blank, 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 got it. And it's like, yeah. wait, this is still the stuff still lingers years later, even once you're, you're in the um, quote unquote after photo. Yeah. Like it still shows up. It's not like, great. I got this religion thing solved. I'm good now. Let's move on. Yeah. It's interesting to me how much time and just the passage of time plays into that because, you know, like, deciding to be on your podcast and just talk more openly in my life in general about my story, like here and in my everyday real life has brought up some old stuff for me around like fears and feelings of what people are going to say or what people think. And it's interesting how like a few years ago, those fears and anxieties I had were kind of insurmountable. Like I wasn't yet ready or felt able to be very open about what I was going through or my story. Um, and I'm just, I'm just kind of having a moment of like, 
remembering how far I've come and that it feels like part of that is just letting some time go by and allowing time to move because yes, I've done a lot of like active work and it has been a process, but some of it is just settling into life and, you know, your after version of yourself, which takes some time. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. So, um, no, it's beautiful. And I, I think, I think that is the thing that needs to like continually be shared and people need to hear more and more of all the time is that there's no, it's not easy. Like that sounds so simple and obvious to say, but regardless of what type of transformation we're talking about, it's yeah. uprooting everything you were ever taught about yourself. Yeah. Uh, like literally, <laughs> yeah. you know? And yeah. so the, the amount of conditioning we all have is so deep and for 99% of people, it's much easier to just never even look at it and just mm -hmm. consider, and I know we're getting heady now, but consider mm -hmm. yourself or your quote unquote personality as just mm -hmm. this random chance thing of who you are, when in reality, your personality and your beliefs and all this stuff, unless they are audited, are really just a collection of beliefs and conditions that we were all raised with that we never really decided for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's been fascinating for me to learn so many things about myself. Like, I mean, my sexuality, the type of relationship I want to be in, those are big topics, but in a lot of small ways, I've uncovered ways that I was very conditioned to be a certain way and just um, engage in the world in a certain way. And like mm. one example is I am, you know, a pretty quiet person and more of like a behind the scenes type of person. But I, I was also raised in an environment where like um, female identifying people were pretty explicitly overtly taught to be quiet and not make a big fuss or have big opinions or big feelings. So to learn about myself, like, actually, I do have things I want to say and things I want to share or that I feel are important, you know, stuff that's important to me and learn, like, that's not just my personality. That's something, a uh, kind of mold I was raised to fit into yeah so that's been really fun exciting it's exciting to learn new parts of yourself it really is right I love that so okay going back uh because we could go down that rabbit hole forever yeah. we, could, we could analyze personality forever and I think yeah. it's good um going back to the kind of timeline piece right so you you started to talk about sexuality and how mm -hmm. that was a big um milestone at least through this process of oh wait this is what it is I'm not straight mm -hmm. where like dig into that more was that like a first piece of this whole thing that as far as the big discoveries or realizations was that like the glaring first piece where you were like 
oh, this is, there's a lot here and it starts with this. Yeah, I think that was definitely a big first piece, just an aha, like a lot of things made sense to me as -hmm. soon as I started to figure that out. Um, And like I said, I was really, really excited. Um, And what's really beautiful is, again, the gift of having like a really safe, um, emotionally available partner that I know so well and have been with for a really long time allowed me a lot of space to just like openly process and it doesn't mean it wasn't and isn't scary um but by getting really honest with my partner about who I am and what I might be hoping for which is different than you know the agreements that we made when we were 21 and we got married in this really traditional conservative space um kind of that amount of honesty and open conversation really opened the door for just constant back and forth with each other about um, desires and hopes for relationship styles, different types of goals we might have that just within the context of a really traditional marriage, we had never been honest with each other about. So yeah, it just feels like a gift to kind of experience that domino effect and be able to explore that with him. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. And it's so rare. And yeah. and when you look at that, right, and that on a relationship level, the amount of trust that you you two have between each other yeah um the amount of safety i think a lot of people would hear that and be like that is too scary and i know a lot of people mm-hmm. um yeah who would go wait a minute don't talk to your partner about that like that's yeah. a thing you just store internally and don't ever speak about yeah. so so to to have the ability to talk about it and go i know even if this brings up difficult conversations or difficult things or experiences, um, I know that I'm safe and this person still loves me no matter what. Um, That's amazing and rare. Yeah. Well, it is a huge gift. And I also think that part of that massive anxiety and turmoil within my body that I was experiencing was like, it almost felt like I didn't have a choice, but to get really honest. And I do feel immensely grateful that I am in a relationship where I'm totally accepted as who I am. And there are so many people who, like you said, don't have that experience. Um, And I still think that not being honest about our true self is ultimately never going to be like a better outcome, even if it means loss, like all sorts of different types of loss around that. Um, That's amazing. I totally agree. I totally (laughs) agree. I mean, I think, 
I think it's it's interesting when people talk about, and I'd love your thoughts on this, talk about, you know, being authentic and being your authentic self. Like that's a very popular word. Yeah. I think I I don't I think a lot of people say that without really experiencing it and what it actually means and the depth of what that means. Um and to your point, I think being yourself at all costs, even mm-hmm. when you're like, I don't know, people might think I'm crazy and that's fine. Like, that's also yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have, I hear that all the time where it's like, yeah. or I'll do something or say something or post something or record an episode where I'm just mm-hmm. like, I know that people like lots of people are like, oh, Ethan's lost his mind. He's gone off the deep end. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Like, it has nothing to do with me, you know? Yeah. It's just beautiful to come to that place. Like, that's my wish for every human because it's just beautiful to be in a place where it's like, this is true enough and real enough for me that it actually doesn't matter if someone else has a problem with it then, you know, they're not going to be in my close proximity in my circle, and that's going to be okay. Um, And I also think it's really an opportunity to show up for each other as humans, because I am constantly compelled by this idea that not everybody who's going through something hard or some major transformation has a network of support. And so it's really important to me to be someone who can reach out and try and extend that support to other people who might be needing it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That was just a random tangent. Totally. No, I totally agree. And I think what you also find in that pursuit of being your true self is that yes, you might, um, lose I mean lose friends you might keep friends but at a different level or distance in the relationship or whatever but you also attract certain people and friends and you also build like a community that sees you for your true self and that's the most powerful thing in the world truly you know that's sort of a like it's not always a one-to-one exchange but the people that are in your life where you are truly yourself and they're truly themselves and there's no um wall or formality or uh small talk about work or whatever that yeah. you're just like why aren't we talking about real things when you can have that type of connection like those friendships those relationships are the best thing in the world and so like absolutely why would why would you not want that that's great yeah. um yeah okay so So how did that, you know, when you talk about the sexuality piece and your partner being super supportive, um, how has that like kind of evolved in time and, you know, as far as your journey um, over the last several years? Yeah. So, yeah, the evolution is kind of going from being in a, you know, very traditional marriage to having these conversations with each other and realizing, you know what, we were both taught this idea that as a young person, you're supposed to find your partner for the rest of your life. And then that's it. Like, 
you're never supposed to question that or look at any other relationships or thoughts or feelings or anything like that. And so we both, again, I feel so lucky to both be really instantly on the same page that like, wait a minute, that's not us. That's not going to work for us. So um, we knew that we wanted to have some type of open relationship and weren't quite sure what that might look like um and just started to go through a really fun explorative process of like I love reading and learning and research and he does too and so we just like learned everything we could get our hands on and um we really weren't quite sure what we wanted but we knew like I knew okay there's a big part of myself that is also attracted to women I want to experience um being in relationships with women and my partner knew like I he is a very he can love many many people like he loves so big and so loud and so well and it was really obvious that he leaned in a polyamorous type of way of relating in the world and so we ended up a few years ago we found ourselves in a relationship with another partner where we were in a relationship together with her and um we walked through that journey of a lot of great times, a lot of hard times, a lot of learning and undoing. And really, I think that that period of time is kind of like a, a bright cluster of stars somewhere on our journey. And um, we have gotten to a place now where we're, we're just open and it feels really good to be in an open-hearted space of exploring what comes our way, having like deep, honest conversations with each other about anything that comes up and um, what we might want to be exploring. So um, it just, it it's, as I talk about it, it feels like there's maybe not a before and after photo, like physically of us, although I probably physically do look very different than I did five years ago, not just because I'm older, but because you embody all of these changes, you know, but really like looking at the dynamics of our relationship is just such a massive transformation Mm -hmm. um, to come to a spot where we really believe in like creating what we want and what works for us. And now that looks like, you know, we're both open to dating, having other partners, and it feels super exciting just to be in a free place where we're open and honest about that with our kids and our families and our community. And it feels great. Yeah. And, and I think too, you know, what's, what's amazing about that is when you talk about the conditioning piece, right? Like obviously not in your specific background, but religion as a whole is kind of a pillar of society that there's Mm -hmm. lots of people that grow up, maybe again, not same background, but many people go, oh, I don't necessarily believe what I was taught, right? Politics is another pillar, you know, people do with 
college or no college and all this kind of stuff. But marriage and uh, monogamy is one of those pillars that until more recently hasn't been as broadly uh, questioned. And it Yeah. is one of those pillars, just like anything else I just named, really. So um, Yeah. it's almost like the process of questioning a large pillar of society um, Absolutely. is, is, is <laughs> oddly <laughs> familiar, right? yeah. Uh, and so I think when you put it through that lens, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so... Um, I, th I think when it comes to polyamory, I, you know, I know many people who are polyamorous and I know it's becoming more and more popular. And from what I've gathered, the fear that people might have around that is around, um, essentially like you're playing with fire. Why would you do this? Like you have Mm a great hmm relationship. What would you mm maybe say to, to that? hmm Um, well, I would say that I feel like kind of the poster child for like uh, being a little bit reckless at first in my journey into polyamory and just um, having so many new feelings and experiences and not, I, I think that there are a lot of ways to really like just blow up your current relationship and that it doesn't feel like something to just... Um, there's a lot of room for learning and for caution and, you know, really honest, open dialogue. There's a lot of room for questions with other partners about ethics and, you know, making sure that everybody is on the same page. Um, however, I am also a great picture of, really um it feels like an opportunity to be really really brave because um stepping into my honest authentic true self has been scary but has just benefited me in ways I can't even begin to describe so um for me being able to be with my partner whom I've never ever not wanted to be with and also be honest about these other parts of myself that do honestly want to have other relationships and um, you know he's a man and I also want to date women and really just it is very counterculture and very like people have a lot of questions and doubts and I always like to keep it real that like it can be and is hard and challenging. Um, but I have found that being honest and true just outweighs all of that. So I don't know if that Yeah. answers your question. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the theme of all of it is like, regardless Yeah. of any of the individual pieces. Um, and I do think that's fantastic. It's almost like you're essentially what I'm what I'm gathering is with the mindset and the experience that you're having in polyamory is really shifting from this space of, of scarcity and fear of, wait, I found the person already, like, 
I've got it. It's one of one. I've got the person right here. And shifting from that scarcity into um, possibility or abundance or, you know, all of these things can happen and you and your partner have just as amazing of a relationship as ever. And both of those things can be true, essentially, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. What about on a parenting level now? So mm -hmm. and I'm not even talking, you know, monogamy specific, just in general, like you mentioned that a big piece of this journey was um, around parenting initially, mm -hmm. at least kind of those conversations. So how has all of this changed? Maybe your view or your approach as a parent maybe based on um, how you were raised or what is your dynamic like in your house and family with everything really. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that my relationship and dynamic with my daughters who are 12 and 16, I can't remember if I've said that or not, but mm. it couldn't be more different than the way that I was raised. And I am so, so, so proud of myself in that area. Like mm. I, I mean, I mess up all the time. I'm not, I, I don't know what I'm doing mostly. I'm not a perfect parent, but I am so proud of the efforts that I've made to undo some of my baggage and not pass it on to them, particularly around like um, just shame around bodies and being having like it is my highest priority to have very open honest dialogue with them about everything and so that it's been clunky and sometimes it feels like an out-of-body experience like I can't believe I'm saying what I'm saying to them but right. I it's just I'm committed to um trying to give them an environment where they can explore and be honest and um, not have shame around anything. And it's, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, I'm always curious how, I mean, everyone's curious how their kids are going to turn out, but <laughs> I, yeah, I hope that they don't carry some, even if just a little bit of, the baggage I've had around like identity and sense of self. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's also got to be fascinating because I think every person, um, myself included, myself especially, mm -hmm. um, no, myself, <laughs> myself included, finds themselves at a certain point. Um, again, for those like down the path of personal growth and self-discovery and self-awareness and all of this, down this path of looking back at childhood and looking mm -hmm. back at your upbringing, and again, whether it's your specific background or otherwise, and noticing just how much influence, I mean, there's almost no words for the level of influence, um, family and parenting and the prior generation and all this stuff has. Yeah. So when you look at yourself now, it's got to be this interesting thing where you go, okay, well, clearly my upbringing had the most significant <laughs> impact of anything in my entire life. Yeah. Is there, it sounds like you feel great about your relationship with your kids. Is there also this pressure of like, 
oh, don't fuck this up. Or is it, <laughs> or is it kind of like, no, I, I've got this. Oh, there's massive, massive pressure. And I'm like pretty hard on myself in general. Um, I, I don't know. I feel incredibly just lucky that my kids are who they are. They're just like incredible human beings. And I learn so much from them all the time. I feel like we're on kind of a journey together, which I don't know, maybe makes me be a little bit easier on myself. Um, as a parent, I, I find, you know, I'm certainly here to guide and, um, you know, help them figure stuff out, but it really feels like also like a two way kind of thing where we can learn from each other a lot, which is really awesome. Um, but I definitely feel like the stakes are extremely high in parenting. Like it's kind of the most, I mean, one of the most important things you can ever do, I think, because you do impact and influence somebody so, so much. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> You're like we'll find out years later how I did <laughs> yeah. on a podcast somewhere. It's very scary. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say, there are so many things I could say, but I do want you to know, not just from this conversation, um, but as a close friend of yours, I think you are amazing. And I think you oh. are inspiring. And I think so many, and I know because we're in the same friend group and I have lots of mutual friends. I know um, you are the person that anybody I know that we share friends with if I bring up your name, the first thing anybody <laughs> says is like, I love Jess so much. Uh, and so I think, I just want to say, I think you're doing great. It's amazing. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much for the support and space to share and process. Um, it really is a gift. And it is a gift to have found friends and community where being yourself is welcomed. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, One more question before we go, yeah. which I ask, I feel like I could talk to you forever about all of this, but <laughs> I'm going to end with this question, um, which is a question I ask every guest. And I know you've listened to okay. some of the episodes, so I don't know if you know <laughs> it's coming, but we've covered uh, pretty much every milestone topic possible today. <laughs> <laughs> Religion, parenting, uh sexuality, monogamy, all of the things. Mm -hmm. um, and with this theme of kind of broadening health and wellness and bringing in emotional health and authenticity and alignment and integrity and all of this, um, the question is, how would you define true health? Mm. I think that true health is this inner knowing and inner peace that you are in the right place fully aligned with your truest self and what's true for you and i love the concept of truth because truth was i was taught what was true and what wasn't and to come to understand that like everybody has their own truth i think is 
the most beautiful mind-blowing concept um so really being in alignment with your truest self i think that's the answer beautiful i love it well thank you jess i appreciate it and um i yeah just can't tell you enough how much i respect your honesty and openness and i know a lot of these topics are the definition of topics that people who are very very concerned with other people's opinions would not be talking about publicly yeah so, <laughs> yeah so this is proof that you are are living it in real time so thank you for doing this thank you so much ethan all right. Well, everybody listening, uh, any questions, thoughts, you can reach out. And um, otherwise, I will see you all next week.